What's up? I'm Brianna Ivy, and this is the Hear From a Student podcast. Good evening, all of our listeners and watchers. I'm your guest host, Ayana, a familiar face as I was a guest on this podcast. But for those of you who don't know, I'm not the actual host because our host is being interviewed today, Miss Brianna Ivy. Woo! Keep the claps and all of that. <laughs> so glad to have you. We are switching roles today, and I'm going to interview you. Um, I think your perspective is definitely one that is necessary for your podcast. Okay, so I'm very honored to be able to interview today. Um, I'm honored to have you interview me. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, you are the host and creator of this podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about why you started this podcast? A little bit about the goals and things like that. Wow, just jump right in, huh? Of course. Um, yeah. So, honestly, the idea for this podcast started. Um, when I was at Tech, I was on a black student recruitment team and I did a lot of speaking events where I would get up on stage and talk about my journey at Georgia Tech and the stuff that I did. And then afterwards, I would, you know, leave and go talk to families and talk to prospective students. And for the students that wanted to be electrical engineers, I had all the perspective in the world because I was an electrical engineer. I talk about the work that I've done, how I progressed through Tech as a student. But for the students who were not interested in electrical engineering. I could only tell them general engineering, general Georgia Tech information, but I would always be like, but I have a friend who's an aerospace or a friend who's a mechanical. And so I was like, I should get their perspective and opinions and just talk to them more about their experience. So when people ask me, since I do these events often, I'll have something to say. And then I was like, well, you know what? I should just record us having a conversation because most of these people are my friends anyway. And I thought it would be a cool resource, something that if I was in high school, I wish I would have had um, just to kind of get more perspective from someone who's actually studying the field right now in this current context and climate. So, yeah, thus the Hear From a Student podcast was born. Excellent. And what a great mission statement from the host <laughs> and creator herself. I uh, want to talk more about the high school student that you envision and the high school student that you were you know, the, your prospective audience and also, you know, who you were when you were applying for college. Can you kind of tell me about the person you were when you were applying for college? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, first of all, to backtrack, you did ask me about the mission statement and I didn't say it exactly, but the mission statement, the goal that I have every time I do a podcast is to embrace, encourage, and empower the next generation of great minds in STEM. So that's kind of the, the goal of the podcast. But to come back to your current question, the high school student that I was, uh, I was the typical, what everyone would think a Georgia Tech student was, typical <laughs> straight A, top of the class, nothing's really that hard, uh, student. Um, but I wasn't cocky about it. I wasn't like the cocky smart kid. I was just like, cool, I'm smart. Um, and then it was time to apply to college and I kind of, well, I knew for a fact I wanted to study engineering by that point. And I, 
at first, I think I had this grand idea that I was going to apply to a lot of colleges. I always yeah. wanted to go to Duke. I was going to apply to Duke. I was going to apply to like eight, uh, North Carolina A&T. Um, I was going to apply to a lot of schools. And then I sat down and started doing the Common App. And I was like, I do not want to apply to a lot of schools. That is much more work than I thought. Because, you know, some stuff was common. But then some schools had like specific. And the schools that I wanted to go to had like, you need to write an essay for us, mm -hmm. not for the Common App. And I don't like writing that much. So I was like, well, that's not going to do. So I picked um, a couple of schools. And I only applied to three. I applied to Georgia Tech, UGA. Sorry, everyone. And Clemson, those were the three that I actually applied to. But I think I knew that I wanted to go to Tech because that was the best electrical engineering program. And I ended up visiting and deciding that that's where I wanted to go. So that's kind of how I went from high school to college admissions. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And that perfectly ties into my next question, which was, how did you approach the college application process? Yeah, I... Let me think. I feel like, like I like I said, at first I casted my nets. I was like, I'm going to apply everywhere. And then I was like, actually, no. And then once I like scaled down and I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, I feel like my high school counselor, Miss Craco, played an important part in something. Maybe it was getting my, my transcripts and everything sent mm -hmm. to but I just remember spending a lot of time in her office senior year. I don't know what for. I could have just been not in class. Mm -hmm. It could be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, once I focused on the school that I wanted to go to, I'm a very indecisive person. And so sometimes it's very hard for me to make a decision. So I had to find the things that were most important to me in terms of where I wanted to be for the next four years. So I looked at stuff like what kind of food is on the campus? What kind of food is around the campus? Mm -hmm. What kind of classes would I potentially be taking going through the catalog? I didn't know what any of the stuff really meant, but I, if I could say to myself, this might be fun, then I feel like I was, I was doing something in the right direction. Um, I also thought about distance from home i never really been away from home like that as most you know high school students have not so clemson is in one of the carolinas i don't remember which one right south carolina it's in south carolina uh uga is in athens it's still in georgia and tech is still in georgia a lot of the schools that i thought i wanted to go to also being outside of uh georgia out-of-state tuition mm -hmm. is a real thing and yeah, I especially for north carolina you were talking about duke and the AT and duke? let me tell you Duke was my dream school since I was like, me and my best friend since third grade were like, we're going to go to all schools together, including Duke University. We got to senior year and we was like, I love you, house and ever. That's not, that's not the case anymore. Mm -hmm. And out-of-state tuition is real. So, mm -hmm. and I got hope in Georgia. So that was another reason why I wanted to go to school in Georgia. So then that kicked Clemson off the list. And then I went to visit both UGA and Georgia Tech. And I think the visiting was the thing that really made me decide, okay, I want to go to uh, Georgia Tech. Excellent. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So the visiting made you decide Georgia Tech. Yeah. Along with all of the other vetting things that you did, going through the class catalog, seeing what was on campus, all of that. Yeah. First, what was your major and why did you choose it? Um, My major was electrical engineering. 
And I chose it because, well, the first, the original reason I chose it was because I wanted to be Iron Man. And after I left the theaters seeing that movie, I had to do a deep dive on this imaginary character, Tony Stark, to figure out where he went to college. And what <laughs> he so that will happen when I was a kid. And then when I got, I guess that was 08, the movie came out. So I was like, that's what I want to do. But then, you know, you get in real life in middle school and high, real life, middle school and high school. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I let that idea go because. I didn't know if it was realistic because I didn't know any engineers and I didn't like see it outside of the movie. And so when people asked me what I wanted to do. I was just like, I don't know, something with math. Mm -hmm. but then by the time I got to high school, I was like, no, I'm going to be an engineer. And I didn't. I think the thing that made me want to be electrical is that I like to take stuff apart. And normally on the inside of some electronic device, there's like a green circuit board. And my goal was always to learn what everything on the circuit board was what it meant and what it did and when i googled who does that it was electrical engineers so that's kind of how i picked that and stuck with it and has your dream of knowing what all the things on a circuit board are has that come true for the most part yes oh my gosh she's yeah. good <laughs> i love to hear that excellent now, I'd love if you could talk a little bit about the transition from high school into college as you, you know, transition. In what way? Like socially, mm -hmm. academically? All the ways. All the ways. Of <laughs> course you could say that. <laughs> I guess Let's I'll talk about academically first and then okay. socially and all of that stuff. All right. So when I went to visit tech, it was shadow day. And... I knew that people looked busy, you know, and I went and sat in class with some students. I had a great day, but no one seemed like they were struggling <laughs> or any other word you would like to insert there that is a synonym for struggling. <laughs> so I had, and I guess, I guess going from like high school to college, you had these big ideas of what college is, right? You got this freedom and nobody tell you what to do. And you, get to, you get to explore who you are without the boundaries of a parent, right? You get to create your own boundaries. Academically, coming from a place where I was a straight A student, things were, I was blessed in that things were never really that technically challenging for me in high school and then I got to college and realized how I may have not been the best prepared to start taking Georgia Tech math classes because that was the first first intro right calc one and all that calc one linear algebra and I remember I think I took I took calc one my first semester and I remember thinking after my first calc test that I have made a grand mistake in school of choice and or major, either one, take your pick. I didn't know enough about Georgia Tech at the time to know that this was the standard of challenge every every time. So I just <laughs> thought something was wrong with me. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I was like, yo, ma, I done failed this test and I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> so academically. It was uh, a big challenge to transition from 
going from a place where I didn't, I rarely ever saw a B, you know, sometimes not a lot. I rarely ever struggled to get into a place where all I was doing was struggling and all I was, and I was happy to see a B. A B meant, a B meant I need to go praise dance in the hallway. Okay. <laughs> so like that transition, it was very, very difficult and very tough for my first semester at college. Um, and it wasn't until I learned how to ask for help that things got better and that I started I really, I feel like I started really learning once I figured out how to ask for help. Cause prior to that, I was just like struggling to get by. I was just like, I need to just know enough for me to pass this and not fail it. Cause I can't fail. I felt like it was like four tests and I failed the first two. And I was like, well, <laughs> where did we go from here? After that second one, then I took a quiz and I made a C and I was like, okay. And I took another quiz and I failed and I was like, no. So I had to go find a professor and I was like, please help me. So academically, it was a bit challenging, but I feel like I started to get into somewhat of a groove. I'll use the term groove lightly. Mm hmm. When I figured out how to ask for help. So that was academically. Did you have something you wanted to say before I moved on? Yes. I want you to a little a bit expound on how you overcame that. So you talked about asking for help as a skill, stuff like that. What improved your performance at Georgia Tech? Yeah. So I was sitting in calc class one day and... The professor was talking about something and I hadn't, no, I just, uh, you know how you like to say there's no, there's nothing behind those eyes when I'm just gazing <laughs> off looking at you. That's how I was sitting in his calc class. But everybody else around me was like, you know, having a good time. They weren't really paying attention. We had got a quiz back. I had failed it. Other people, I was looking at other people's grades. They was, they was passing. I was like, I'm an idiot. That has, this has to be the thing. So something in me just made me ask this guy next to me. I was like, yo, do you be understanding what the professor is talking about? And he was like, oh, I took this in high school. That changed my life. I said, you saw count in high school? The person to my, to my left. This is my left, right? Mm. <laughs> I was like, you seen this before? And he was like, oh, yeah, I think we seen this. I think I took this, like, senior year of high school. Mm. <laughs> life forever changed so then I was like okay I'm there's nothing wrong with me I just have not seen this before and I need to figure out I need to I need to I need to take a step back so then I started going to the professor's office hours use office hours I started going to his office hours and explaining to him what I knew what I thought I knew and then I told him to tell me everything I don't know so that was the first thing. And then I started going to uh, what they used to call the Center for Academic Success. I have no idea what it's called now. But, and I got a tutor. And yeah, I feel like that was the, that was what started the incline. But hearing that, hearing that young man say that he had seen all this calculus in high school and that's how he was passing the test. He didn't have to pay attention because he knew it all. Mm -hmm. I said, look, look, I said, look at me. Doing all that for no reason. Beating up on myself for no reason. I ain't yeah. supposed to know something I ain't never seen before. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then as I got into, like, engineering classes, which I'm sure we'll get to later, it was more about finding a good study group. Had to find a good study group. But, yeah. So, that was that. That was a crazy day. I remember that day. <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay, great. Um, 
talk a little bit about the social transition from high school to college. Let me tell you something. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I went to school. I went to Central High School in Macon, Georgia. Shout out to the post of Nate. And it was a predominantly black space. I am a black woman. You are. Georgia Tech is a PWI. It is. But before I get into that, let me talk about myself for a minute. Oh, period. The first, <laughs> the first semester socially, I don't even know where to go first. I don't know if I want to talk about tech environment or what I did to myself. Which one should I do? Which one should I talk about first? Prepare us with the tech environment. The tech environment first. Okay. Yeah. So like I was saying, (laughs) I am a black woman. Tech is a PWI. And so I think when I was visiting the people that I was with, it was a a African-American student shadow day. So I don't think it really dawned on me what a PWI really was. I hadn't heard that term prior to, like I knew HBCU, but I guess I didn't know the antithesis to um hbcu pwi yeah yeah i know it never dawned on me mm-hmm. so i guess going to tech and like going to my first class where i was the only black girl in the class i was like whoa i think that was a uh i guess a culture shock is that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was like and it's not that I think I'm great. So I didn't feel a way about that part, but I was just like, dang, like I'm the, if I'm, if I'm not the only black person, then I am nine times, eight times out of 10, the only black woman. So that was a, that was a bit of a, Ooh, this a little, it's a little different. It was one of those kind of things. Mm. Um, <laughs> and it didn't affect the way that I showed up in class. Okay. Like, it was a mental a bit of mental gymnastics there for probably about the first, probably for freshman year, I think. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, did you have something? You were going to talk about yourself and how. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because let me tell you something that I did that I do not recommend. Zero out of ten. Okay. I, freshman year, Brianna, is much different than senior year, Brianna, when I had a little bit more freedom about myself. Mm-hmm. Freshman year, Brianna set herself up in that I thought all that I should be doing was studying, going to class, eating, going to bed. And I'm sure you can attest to this because mm-hmm. you were there. Mm-hmm. I did not help create a better social environment for myself by going and making friends outside of my roommate. I did not go to the senior event. I mean, senior events. I did not go to like the freshman. And then, you know, freshman year, they cater to you. It's Mm -hmm. like free food here, party here, freshman come to this mixer. I went to probably like two of those for the whole uh, freshman year, which looking back is something that I wish I would not have done. I wish I would have went to all those events. So I kind of set myself up in that way. And then I feel like maybe then it would have been easier to like navigate tech more freshman year. Um, if you had made more social. If I had been more social um, outside of academics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Very, very interesting and insightful. I can attest to the go hard Brianna in that first that first year. I was like, take it easy, girl. <laughs> I was like, no. Oh, yeah, she's deep in the deep in the books, but it all pays off in the end. So <laughs> but balance is okay. You spoke a little bit about tech as a PWI. Now, let me know about your experience of this PWI as an African-American woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You spoke a little bit about how it affected you in your first year predominantly, and then tell me about the growth as you grew into yourself, you know, matured mm-hmm. over time, made more social connections, stuff like that. Oh, Yeah. So I think when I spoke about the way that uh, it affected the way I showed up in class, I thankfully didn't have many, if any, experiences that I am aware of. I don't be, sometimes I don't be paying. He is not aware. This is important to flag. Okay. Look at me like, you sure? And I'm like... (laughs) I'm, I mean, I guess I want to pay attention. I don't know. You're not be peeping. That's okay. It probably, so, it's probably for the best. <laughs> because, okay, so that's a part of the growth that I had, right? Okay, so in the beginning, I remember when I would go in class, my objective was, my primary objective was not to learn. My primary objective was not to draw any additional attention to myself that didn't already come with being the only black girl in class. So I was like, maybe don't sit at the front. Maybe don't raise your hand too much. I got a kind of loud laugh. So I was like, don't laugh too much. It's so funny. I didn't want anybody to look at me outside of the fact that when they looked at me, it was already because I walked in the room. You see what I'm saying? Don't laugh. is killing me because I would, I, you know how I do. I be laughing. And you know how I do. And then my laugh is not quiet. Like it's not a, <laughs> My laugh is cackling. (laughs) As my father and many of my friends will call it. But in my head, I was like, don't be that person. Don't be, don't be the loud black woman. Don't be the angry black woman. Don't be, don't be any of that. Just sit in the middle in the back. I couldn't sit in the back. The back, I couldn't sit in the back. Be in the middle. (laughs) Silly. Oh yeah. Like sit in the middle, take your notes, try to survive. That was that was kind of my mentality for the first part of it. And then I don't know. At some point, it was in one of my, I think it was in one of my early circus classes, because I really wanted to learn. Like I was interested in the stuff. At some point, it just clicked on it just dawned on me that I was not learning. Like I was not enjoying the, the class the way that I could have. I'm not getting as much out of the class as I could if I'm raising my hands, asking questions. And so I was just like, this is dumb. I don't know what I don't know what I said to me or what Jesus said to me, but I was like, this is dumb. And I was like, I got to raise my hand. I got to I got to engage. I got to go up after. I remember prior to this awakening, I wanted to ask questions after class, you know, the professor stayed. And I was mm-hmm. like, if I walk up here. Everybody going to see me, see them while I'm walking up and know that I don't know. This line full of people. Wait, right. I'm worried about right. what they think I know when they don't know. 
it's a crazy time, I tell you. But I had that awakening moment in class, and I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm also paying a lot of money to be here. So much money. So much money to be here. And so I need to get the most out of my education. And so whatever happened at that point, from then on, it was like, okay, I, I need to, none of this other stuff even really matters. Because mm-hmm. as much as I don't know, the person next to me also don't know. So I don't know what happened in that moment, but I came to my senses. And that Period. was and that was the last you must moment of that. Okay. Right, but past past anything that was like not me in my own head, I didn't have any experiences that I am aware or conscious of <laughs> where somebody made me feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I did have one. But outside of that, it was it was not. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Love your perspective here. Um, because yes, you're oblivious to certain things, but that is not a bad thing. And I'm so happy that you know you came to your senses and were like, let me get this, let me get this bag. Because often it's like if you have a question, so do 20 other people, especially when you're in these huge lectures, like a hundred people. You having your question, somebody else is like, what the hell is happening too? (laughs) And then I think I was not in some ways we are, we are, we switch, right? Because I was not as um, like aware of my demographic, like constantly. So like, I would just do, I don't, have a subtle bone in my body so I would just do whatever the hell um and not I was never really worried about it feeding into stereotypes but I was simultaneously aware of slights because of my demographic I'm like it's because I'm black it's because I'm a woman isn't it (laughs) so I think that's kind of funny like I was never worried about it internally but externally I was very aware of situations where I was like feeling slighted based on that and you were like aware of it internally but externally you're like yeah the only time I remember I was working on a project with somebody in my first circus class and I was making a suggestion as to why something why I thought what I thought about why the circuit wasn't working and I remember I finished talking and he was like that can't be right he kept he just kept going and I was like loser hold on I want to like yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. And then he worked on it for like another hour while I was click clack clacking on my computer. And he got done playing with it. And I was like, well, can I can I see? You know, he was like, Yeah, I guess. And I did the thing I thought and it worked. And then from that moment, I was like, I ain't got to always know everything. But if I got an idea. I'm going to try it because it could work. And if it don't work, it could put me on the path to something that will work. You see what I'm saying? That's what a great mind does. Yeah. <laughs> a great mind thinks outside the box. A great mind gets created. Some people can't handle it. You know? Yeah. And do you remember no, that time? That. I know you have another question, but do you remember oh, that time? Yeah. Uh, I was working on the the robot. The uh, I can't remember. It was, but I... I had a group project and I felt like people were yes. understanding what was happening. That was like the first semester of one of our years, right? It was like in the fall semester, was it? I, I don't remember. I, okay, great. No I told you I was like, 
I wanted to send a message in a group chat, but I didn't want to come off mm-hmm. like a black woman because I wasn't mad. I was just like, you know, do y'all understand the timeline that we're working on? Like, yeah. are we gonna eat or do we want to wait? But yeah. and that was just another moment where I was I was conscious and I was like, what? How are people gonna perceive me if I say this thing? You know? Yeah. But I only I have remember a- that. I remember that because it was very contentious and you were doing a lot like behind the scenes. And I was like, why are you doing so much? So I remember it being very contentious because you were doing a whole lot of stuff behind the scenes and trying to rally people. And they were like giving you lots of pushback. And I was like, why are you not like cussing people out in the group chat? And you're like, wait. (laughs) So yes, the thing is about stereotypes. That's also how they like keep you in line, right? Because you don't want to be loud or angry or too joyful, right? It, it it makes you like police yourself. What if I am angry? What if I just happen to be angry and a black woman simultaneously? I should be able to have that. But for fear of feeding into stereotypes, you might monitor yourself and say, I can't get too angry about this or whatever. And that is another way that the man keeps you in we can't let the man keep us in line because I am a full person who experienced anger and joy and sadness the same way as anyone else. Agreed. So I'm glad that I wrapped up that phase of my growth mm-hmm. in, in one to two semesters. So <laughs> after that, I was like, everybody can get it or Period. not. <laughs> Anybody. Okay, good. <laughs> and Technique. I was okay. I was okay, okay. being full Brianna. So good. Yeah. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about your extracurriculars while you were at Georgia Tech. Mm. Mm -hmm. Do I remember them? (laughs) You mentioned Black student recruitment. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go in order that they happen so I can try to remember them all. I think the first thing that I tried to do extracurricular was play basketball again my body was like my schedule was like and so I was like and uh so I played club basketball for a little while I was a member of NSBE, which is the National Society for Black Engineers um I was a member of the African-American Student Union I did extracurricular research in uh, exoskeleton development, exoskeleton controller development. I was on the black student recruitment team and I was somewhere else. Oh, I was on the, what was it called? Hmm. I was a mentor for was it the diamond campaign. I think it was yeah. We mentor high school students. Um. So yeah, I did a couple of different things. I feel like I'm forgetting something. If I was to go back and look at my college resume, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I did that thing." Uh, but those are the ones that I I remember the most. Excellent. And how important do you think extracurriculars are? Oh yeah, they're really important because, as I mentioned, no one should just be going to class, going home, eating, going to bed, repeat, rinse, repeat. Um, I feel like they give you an outlet. They give you um, a space 
a space and a place away from academics to like do something you enjoy, take a deep breath, uh, release some stress. Even though some things like Nesby was more like um, professional development and building your brand and build helping, you know, getting help with your resume and interview prep and talking to recruiters. It was that, but it was also like in a fun space with people that you enjoy, with your friends at the meetings. We like play games and stuff also. I'm mixing that with Asu. I could be mixing that with Asu. <laughs> Asu was the social one. Asu was the one we played games. But Nesby was also, it was just cool to like see your friends and everybody's kind of like trying to get a job, trying to develop. Not kind of, they are. Um, and so to be in a space with people who are doing the same thing as you, who are also in classes, it's just kind of like a, you know, a community. I like that. Uh, ASU was the same, but it was more social, like what's happening in the world, what's happening in Atlanta, uh, what's happening on Tate's campus sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so that one was more social and that one was more like a, <sighs> <laughs> go and joke with your friends on, I think it was Tuesdays. Um, and then you had, and then I had some that fed into my passions, like uh, black student recruitment team, being able to talk to um, high school students about STEM, about what its life was like at Tech, the Diamond Campaign, being able to go and talk to high school girls and just, you know, trying to impart whatever wisdom I have gained in however many years um, and being a resource for people. I like being a resource for people. So mm -hmm. those two fed into my passions, which is which is another way to kind of like relieve from academic stress. Mm -hmm. um, and then research, just because I'm a nerd and I like to learn things outside of class. So I feel like they all gross. I feel like they all served um, <laughs> individual needs in me, but at a high level, they all just kind of allow you to take a step away from academics, hardcore, and like explore other parts of you. Because the one, the, the, <laughs> the extracurricular that I was a, uh, I was a part of, a lot of them did tie back to like being an engineer and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But you, you were on an acapella team. They had drama tech. I played club basketball for a little while. Mm -hmm. They had a art. They had a what the people in the boats. They had so much stuff that you could do just for fun. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like they extracurriculars are very important because they just allow you to decompress mm -hmm. or other parts of your person because you are more than just whatever you're going to school to be. You know. Period. You are more, mm -hmm. and you spoke about it being a de-stress mechanism. Let's talk about the hardcore academics <laughs> of Georgia Tech. Okay. What was the hardest class you took at Georgia Tech? General chemistry. Ah, Isn't that scary. crazy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Gen, yeah. Gen Chem. And I've taken a lot of engineering classes. Mm -hmm. But that... I'm just thinking <laughs> how, how awful that class Damn. was. It didn't make any sense to me. I remember sitting in the final, and this is how I know God real, and can't nobody tell me otherwise. I remember sitting in the final. That, that, that final was like 120 multiple choice questions with 10 minutes left to go. I looked up. There was 10 minutes on the clock. I was on question 80. 
I had 40 more questions Ooh. to go. And questions before the 80 that I circled and was like, I'm going to go back. At least <laughs> of those. Because I didn't know. <laughs> the panic in me, the way that my heart started pounding in my ears, I couldn't even think anymore. Yeah. All I heard was do 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 <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I got high. Oh, well. I don't have a jacket on. I got high. I took my jacket off. <laughs> I was like, I started praying immediately. I was like, Jesus, I don't want to fail this class. I don't know. I'm oh, gonna, God, Jesus. I'm going to go through and start circling the stuff. And if you be so, yes. you said, if you be for me, who? And not chemistry. So I started circling. Close your eyes. And I walked out of that. The, the, the test was in. Uh, Oh, I don't even know the name of the building. It was the building mm. across from the uh, Howie. You had to go down the stairs. Building across from Howie, going yeah. down the stairs. You had to go down the stairs to go in it. Cherry Street? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the, where the bike paths was. Ooh, I don't know which one that's called either. I, I think it's the computer science building. Ooh, that might be it. I don't know. But I just remember I came out. You had to walk up some stairs to get back to like level ground to get out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I started walking up the stairs and I just stopped. And I just stared off into the distance. And I was like, that was the worst thing I've ever done. Listen, we've all had those moments. You're just on campus like, where am I? What, what am where, I what, where am I? What am I? Who am I? What? Why did I do what? <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. So general chemistry was the hardest class I took at mm -hmm. Tech. To me, Brianna, to me. Okay. The hardest engineering class I took at Tech was probably... Oh my god! All of them were hard. Was probably <laughs> microelectronics. Okay. Microelectronics was probably the hardest one because conceptually, it was just so hard to conceptualize anything in that class. Mm -hmm. Electrons, protons, holes, current diet it's just it was so hard and i took the class with the professor who wrote books and who won <laughs> awards and so he was very smart man but very everything everything you said everything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so that class just took yeah. so much shout out to my friends joel and miles <laughs> they are in life i hope they're doing well <laughs> love those guys love them deep okay because without them we used to be sitting we used to before class go study after class go study it was just it that, that class was really hard so yeah i could i could I, all of them were hard but that okay. one just, that one just kind of take the cake because i couldn't i couldn't really understand what was happening for a long time there but i but and what was so crazy was that i didn't really get it but i did good in the class and this might be Either because I was one of the few people doing good or because I was the only black girl in the class. But the professor <laughs> was caught me walking out the door one day and he said, hey, 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 hey. You did good on that test. Period. He kept walking. And I was Period. like. Period. Sometimes being the only black people pays off. All right. That's your sweet ass. I think. When you go to office hours. Okay. And they remember your face. And at the end. Mm -hmm. they be yeah, like, it's easy to remember my face. <laughs> oh, you came to my office hours. Let me make sure you know this about the test. Let me make sure you know this about what's coming up in my class. Thank you. And I was there. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very good. And I'm a firm believer that if I can't see with my naked eye, no need for me to know. Okay. 
electrons, protons, none of my business. <laughs> Let those things do what they do. It was crazy. And I'm going to do me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So hardest classes. And you explained what made um what made microelectrons, microelectronics hard. But what made what made general chemistry hard? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I do not for the life of me know why I struggle so hard mm -hmm. in chemistry. You know, I've got a running theory that sometimes Georgia Tech just makes things hard on purpose. So it might have just been that. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I, 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 it was so so difficult. I don't know what it was about chemistry. It just it was so hard to me. So sad, and it was crazy. I feel like the other classes were hard, but I enjoyed them. And because I am the nerd that I mentioned earlier, yeah. I liked trying to figure definitely. out what was going. Definitely a nerd. Anything so what are you saying? <laughs> I liked trying to figure out what was going on. So my circuits classes, some of those were difficult, but I enjoyed trying to figure out like, what is the circuit? What is it doing? Um, yeah, I feel okay. like I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you were taking these difficult classes, how did you, what resources did you use to kind of help you along your way? Like, what did you utilize? Study groups. EMAG was also hard. Analog circuits was also hard. She's going to okay. name all of her engineering courses. <laughs> I found design. Uh, it wasn't really too Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about all the things I went through. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> her life is flashing before her eyes. She's having PTSD flashbacks. Crazy. I'm about to go find a transcript, but I'm gonna answer your question first because I, okay. I remember now. The thing that really got me through, like the latter half of my engineering classes and coursework, was study groups. What? Going to office hours, yes, it helped a lot, depending on the class. But my method was go to class, take notes, reteach. Oh, power electronics was also very difficult. And Joel tried to drop the class on me. Sorry, all the classes. <laughs> electronic packaging. Anyway, so I... Uh, Question. How did you take your notes? You mean... Like, what method? Like, did you take them on paper? Did you type yeah. them up? So what I would do was go to class on paper, pen and paper, write my notes. When I go home and I taught it to myself, I would rewrite them on my ipad and reorganize them um and then i would write down any questions i had while i was going through that like reteach myself process i would go to a study group and then i would go to office hours so if, by the time all that happened if i didn't know it was not meant it was not in the car <laughs> <laughs> if i no, could understand it after, if i could understand it after i had tried to teach it to myself my friends tried to teach it to me and then the professor tried to teach it to me it wasn't in the cars and that's okay I knew enough to pass yeah. the test by that point. So that was kind of my <laughs> that was kind of my process of like how I started to study. Cause I didn't really know how to study coming into college. That was another thing that I learned about myself that I didn't really know how to study because I never really had to. Mm -hmm. um, 
so that's kind of the process that I went through when I was trying to study for my uh, courses. But yeah, without I feel like this, the, something about the study groups was very key because again they were my friends. Shout out to Joel's Joel Miles Dorsey. Um, sometimes Landon, and it would be like we could study, and then we could go eat. We could study. We could chat it up. So it would be like work, play a little bit, work, play mm -hmm. a little bit. And I feel like that made the process much better. So, Definitely. yeah. I think it's also a valuable experience in college to figure out how you yourself learn, mm -hmm. right? So by the end of college, you had this great like circuit like of this is what I'm going to do in order to submit these ideas in my head. Mm -hmm. And when you're in college, you can try out a couple things to see how best you learn and then use that throughout your life. You know, even after college, like I developed my own way of studying and learning and things like that in college that I then use for, you know, this exam that I just took for my for my career, mm -hmm. which is helpful to know. Hey, OK, exams don't stop. <laughs> it's helpful to know. So that's good. Yeah. And I think another thing that I started doing once I was like comfortable in my own skin it, at Georgia Tech, I feel like I've always been kind of comfortable in my own skin, but mm -hmm. at Georgia Tech specifically, I would find the people that was doing good on the test. Hey, hey. <laughs> how you know how to do that? What you doing so, Thursday? Susie. What you doing Thursday afternoon at the class? Okay. I'll me, buy you Chick-fil-A. Let's have a coke. I'll get you Starbucks. Let's do it. <laughs> I then, love you. <laughs> pretty much. So that was also another key. That's how that's how uh I found Landon at EMAG. Because I was like, who is the kid that's messing up the curve? <laughs> Landon. <laughs> I was like, I will be studying. I both love and admire. I hate and admire you. Okay. <laughs> how are you making this great? <laughs> yes. I was not afraid anymore to ask people, teach me this. How do you know this? Yeah. So. How do you understand this? Can you explain mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Very good. What are some skills that you had to develop in order to succeed at Georgia Tech? I'm going to, in order to give myself more time to think, I'm going to repeat the ones I've already said. Sure. <laughs> uh, I had to learn how to study. I had to learn how to ask questions and not just any questions, but the right questions. And there's no such thing as a dumb question, but there are some questions that can get you more than you even knew you needed. I pride myself on being a good question asker. Yeah. It's an underrated skill. It is an underrated skill because mm -hmm. you could, it is a lot. And then it's a lot of different ways to ask the same thing, but depending on how you ask it, you just get, you just get more bang for your book. So mm -hmm. Um, so that was something because the professor only got office hours for so, so long. So I got to figure out what to ask to get what I need because we don't need to be going back and forth because you don't understand my question. And I got to reword my question. There's other people in here who got questions. Mm -hmm. We got we to gotta cut all that out. Yeah. Especially those professors, like you mentioned, the ones who have a really like high level understanding, detailed understanding of the topic at hand. So they know all of the things already. And they might assume that you know all of the things, but you're really stuck on like this one thing. Yeah. A, a couple pages back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Good. Um, I think I had to <clears throat> I think learning how to ask questions of being okay, asking for help are two two of the same things. 
Um, I had to. What's the word I want to use? I am a person, for better or for worse, that I really like to know how all parts of this one thing work. And I had to learn that sometimes that's, that doesn't serve me. Like, I, so I guess in a general sense, I had to learn how to discern what serves me and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm in ac- all senses, but in academics, when I'm trying to learn, like, I could sit here for the next two hours and try to figure out this one part of this large problem, which it doesn't impede me in any way. I could keep going, but my mind just gets stuck stuck mm-hmm. on you don't know this and that doesn't serve me i got i got other stuff to do so i had to learn that um prioritizing i had to learn because it is always so much to do Reading. always so many things all the things all the time and so i think learning how to prioritize what needed to be done the most and what was the most important to me to do uh, what else? Organization. I like a schedule. Love a good schedule. Love a schedule. If I said I'm gonna study this for an hour, I'm gonna study this for an hour, and then I'm gonna move on. But that's how I have to discipline myself because I do get stuck, and I do mm-hmm. be like, I want to know all the things. So if I put myself on a timer and say, you will study Emag for an hour and a half because you have a analog circuits project due in three days mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can't be you can't you can't be doing this so i think scheduling is how i discipline myself and how i help myself move on because <laughs> yeah. i get i get stuck and sidetracked yeah um prioritizing and scheduling definitely go hand in hand mm-hmm. especially in college it's not everything is on its own schedule, right? So all of your classes are not aligned the way they might have been in high school, right? So you have to juggle all of these different um, due dates and then these different time commitments to these different due dates. So here I have a paper that's going to take me an hour to do that's due on Monday. And then over here, I've got another paper that's going to take me three hours to do. That's due on Tuesday. I have to work more on that one today than the one that's due on Monday and just, you know, figuring that out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a must-have skill was, <laughs> that you was, kind of develop over time to get a Yeah. Feel. It was crazy. I remember I had the semester at a glance schedule hanging on my wall so I could put all that Semester at a glance schedule. Because <laughs> those midterms and finals and quizzes be sneaking up on you like a thief in the night. <laughs> you will be just Out living your blue. best life. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the professor say, so when we have this exam on Friday, and you be like, exam? We just took a quiz because they don't care about none of that. You can have a, a quiz on Monday and a, a test on, on Friday. They really don't care. So that semester at a glance to be able to look at a week and say, okay, next week I have this, that, and the third, and this is how I need to start dicing up my time. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So many hell weeks, all right? There was only like one, I think there was two because official hell weeks for midterms and then finals, but you had your own individual hell weeks. Like you would have your own, like this week is crazy, not, not on the schedule for midterms and finals, but I have 15 assignments. 
my own personal health. <laughs> because it really was just hell. Like it just wasn't no, it wasn't just a sign to what they don't tell you is what they don't forever. tell you. It's yeah. just the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, so that was important. Oh, yeah. I think uh also just understanding that it's not the end of the world. Mm. I think that I yeah. think that really saved my mental health as I got further and further in my in my degree. Because it don't be the end of the world. Like I would like to a sure, but also if I didn't get an A, it is okay. And actually, at Tech, my motto was not I would like an A. My motto was I would like a B. Uh, <laughs> I would like a B. Please, <laughs> a B. But if I don't get a B, it's not the end of the world. Please get degrees. Listen. All right. And I had a saying for everything. All right. Please a B. Please get degrees. D is okay. <laughs> <laughs> like just just reminding myself that every grade is not especially like every grade, at least one thing that like, okay, exams, we got the and I'm not saying don't do that for everything, but mm -hmm. I used to just stress myself out over everything. Everything. And then I would be so stressed that when it was time for me to rest and decompress, I couldn't because my mm -hmm. mind was stuck on everything other than relax, you know? So telling myself that it's not the end of the world, but, you know, I'm self-motivated and self-disciplined. Mm -hmm. So I want to do well. So I'm not going to cheat myself and not put the effort forward, but just understanding that they're putting some boundaries on myself to be kind mm -hmm. to myself mm -hmm. and giving myself the space to be like, you don't have to study 20 hours of this 24 hour day you can go have a meal you can go hang out with a friend you yeah. can go get in the bed and take a nap i deserve all the things so being able to <laughs> being able to give myself that kind of kindness and just be like it's not the end of the world mm -hmm. i think was very important and i did i feel like i ended up doing performing more when i gave myself that kind of grace because it's like you don't have to beat yourself up over everything so this is really the key to life not just in college, but everything. It's not the end of the world till it's really like the end of the world. Like until you are there facing down, you know, like all of the demons or whatever, you're still fine. You still got it. Still and knowing it. that is so essential to being able to like move through failures. I think being able to cope with failure and being able to like adjust and adapt is also an essential that Georgia Tech teaches you because you mm -hmm. ultimately always do encounter failure in some form. So you got to be able to take that L on the chest and keep it moving. <laughs> I think that is one of the greatest things Georgia Tech taught me because, you know, all week you just be... <laughs> boom, boom, boom. But sometimes you sometimes you don't, you don't dodge right and you get a look. <laughs> a boo. <laughs> sometimes you get caught with one. Yeah, and you want you want, but that's all right. It's all right. You get back up. All right, we fall like down. We but we get up, and that's the most important part. And I feel like once once you re the reality is, like you said, at some point you're gonna fall. When you learn how to fall, I feel like it it just makes it better. Fall, mm -hmm. take feel your feelings about it. You know, mm -hmm. I can't tell you the number of people I done heard sniffling in the bathroom. 
Girl, a good bathroom cry. I can't tell you if I was one of them. But what I can tell you was, you take your time to feel your feelings, and then you say, okay, now what do I do such that I don't make these same mistakes again? Listen, you know what I'm saying? The bathroom has heard a couple things from me. All right. So, but yeah, learning how to fail and fail fast, get back up, keep it pushing, enjoy the tech. Excellent. Yeah. Good advice altogether, I would say, Brianna. <laughs> I also want to say that once you once you get through it and you get to the other side and you get that degree, everything. Mm. It, it, it was like it's wow, worth it. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. Walking across that stage, say I'm an electrical engineer that graduated from the Georgia Institute of Technology. Summa cum laude. Period. Okay. I also graduated with honors. Just want to put that in there. You know? So it's all worth it in the end. But being kind to yourself, putting your best foot forward and being kind to yourself, take those L's, pop back up. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about coping with the stress and other decompressing things that you did. You spoke about, you know, your, your extracurriculars being an outlet. What else? How did you how did you come back to yourself after after an L or a heart leak or something like that? Oh man, how did I come back to myself? I feel like I don't know if you remember, but I would do this thing if something bad happened where I would lay in my bed and set like a 30 minute timer. <laughs> and I would just sit there and soak. <laughs> and be so sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, come back. I feel like you were a big part of me always coming back to mm-hmm. myself, my friends, those those study groups that became my like friends because it was like we was all feeling. So that's the thing. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I feel like eventually, like we said, it just be like, dang, that didn't go well. <laughs> All right. Well, I got another test next in the next two weeks. So we just gonna we're gonna work for that one really? better than <laughs> I need the troops. <laughs> so I feel like um just knowing that I don't know, I feel like towards the latter end, a lot of it was just it's not the end of the world. Like a lot of it was okay. graduate. Let's get it. <laughs> But even junior year when I wasn't about to graduate, a lot of it was just like, all right, well, what can I do so that I don't I don't do this again? And then like in terms of decompressing and coming back to myself, I feel like we would just go do fun stuff. Like we would go to the events around campus. We would go get donuts, eat, eat. go eat. Shout out to eating. Love. <laughs> oh. We would go sit somewhere and just enjoy the outside i don't know the little things matter so much because the bulk of the day and the bulk of life was tech tech class class tech tech class class fail pass project assignment lab but like the little things like yo let's go grab coffee let's go grab something to eat let's have lunch i don't know i feel like those were the those were the things that brightened my days. Yeah. When I would see something that doesn't happen anymore because we're not on the college campus, but I would mm-hmm. love when I would be walking somewhere and I would see one of my friends. Because in college, when you make friends, you could see them in class 
for a whole semester. They'd be study group partners with you, and then you could never see them again. <laughs> like now, you have completely separate classes. So I would love, and I'll be walking through campus, and I would see somebody, uh, and we could just be like, "Oh my gosh, I know you." <laughs> I'd be, and then we would sit there and talk for like thirty minutes, and be like, "Okay, girls, good to see you. All right, it's good to see you." Those, those, those are some of my favorite. You'd okay. always be like, "We're in the trenches. We're trying our best. Love you, girl." <laughs> Like you good, I'm good. You good, I'm all right. Hey, well then we good. Come on, it was a be the little things. Oh, and then fun fact about Brianna, she's very easily surprised and made happy. Okay, I learned this in our first couple semesters. I bring her like an apple. She'd be like, "Oh my god, thank you." <laughs> Over time, and I upgraded to like you know her favorite Starbucks drink, whatever, and she'd be like. Every time, it doesn't matter what it was, it, apple, coffee, Chick-fil-A, whatever. She's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. She's always surprised. She's always very happy. So if because you want people, a way to get into her group of graces, that's how you do it. <laughs> people don't have to think about you. So I don't take it for granted when people think about me. Tech is hard. We just said mm -hmm. we'd be in the trenches. We was in the trenches all the time. So for somebody to take the time out of day day to be like, Brie might want this apple. Or Brie might want uh ice white chocolate mocha mm -hmm. or we might want a starbucks cookie or a cake pop for somebody to think of me enough to do something outside of their normal schedule i that's so sweet <laughs> yes i'm gonna be surprised every time you show up in the lab to have food and bring me <laughs> and bring me something to snack on those are good times yeah. okay so did you have any doubts about gt or your major throughout your time at georgia tech um yeah when i failed the first three calculus tests and then when i got the linear algebra and failed the first two linear algebra tests i was like yes. maybe i do not need to be anybody's engineer because i because it's not it's not going too hot for me right i was like this is not this is not it and how did you deal with those doubts well my mama would ask me if i wanted to come home i would say no, no. <laughs> so i guess it, <laughs> She'll be like, well, you can always come home. And I was like, girl, I'm not doing that. I'm not. So I'm just telling you that I failed this. Like <laughs> I feel like I just needed to complain a little bit and then mm -hmm. and then be okay. And then I feel like there would be like little bright spots amidst the struggle, right? Where I would do good on something. I'd be like, look at me, look at me mm -hmm. go. So I don't know. I don't think I ever had any serious, serious doubts besides when I heard those those first couple of calculus tests yeah. <laughs> that, and the linear algebra. That was for real. I was like, yeah. okay, let me maybe, let me sit with myself and think about what I want to do. Um, but I don't think outside that I had any any serious doubts. But I think my mom asking me did I want to come home or did I want to transfer put it in perspective because I was like, no. The thing, the thing is, I like a good challenge, but tech was just too much. And <laughs> just like we want to challenge you and then some. And I was yeah. like, you want a challenge and then a win. Yeah. Tech was like challenge and then I lost. And then mm -hmm. I lost again. And I lost again. I was like, why is the I game like on hard? Challenges. I like to win challenges. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think her asking me that put it in perspective. Like I I wanted it. Like, I wanted to get my degree from Georgia Tech. I wanted to be an engineer. Um, 
And I remember I had the moment where I said to myself, I am an engineer. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I remember what I was, was working. Moment? I was working on a group project again with the group projects. Georgia Tech also taught me how to work in a group because you're not going to like all your group. <laughs> you're not going to like all your group mates. You're not going to like all the projects you get. But being an engineer for real now at a real company, every, nobody's doing anything by themselves. Awesome. All right. And <laughs> so I'm on a group project, and I'm going to be honest with you. I hated the way this project turned out. I was the only electrical engineer on the project. The only person that was doing hardware, everyone else was doing software, and then there was one mechanical. And I was also ended up helping the software because God bless America. And so, you know, they need a little help, and I did what I could because I'm, I be knowing a good person. <laughs> but it was really hard. Again, one of those projects it was really hard to rally the troops. But then this time, I had so much individual responsibility. Like the previous project that I spoke about, it was everybody, it was split evenly. But for mm -hmm. this project, because I was the only electrical engineer, I was in charge of designing all of the circuits and getting all of them fabricated and assembled and doing all the things. And I was struggling so hard. And the project, we had to make a tone generator, basically. And it had to dance to the tones or do some specific movement to the tones. And I remember I had got the first board made. It didn't work. Didn't work. And then I tried to fix it and I messed it up even more. Then I took it. That's when you got hurt. No, this is not that. Please don't bring that up. Sorry. That's a later story. What's the worst thing that ever happened to you at Georgia Tech? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I took it to the shop because the shop had people that could help you fix stuff that you broke. So I took it to the shop and they tried to help me fix it. Didn't really go well. It was it was it was a disaster basically. So I was in the lab at like the wee hours of the night when I shouldn't have been in the lab, and I had to start all the way over. So I just took like a proto board i'm saying words now that you may not know but it's just like it's not a real circuit board it's just got holes in it for you to stick wires through solder i remember this though yeah it's and like I, plastic yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i still got it because that was the that was the moment i realized but i'm putting all this stuff together and at like maybe 1 30 i turned the power on and I moved a little slider up and down. I finally got it to work and it was making noise. And I saw myself in the reflection of the computer that was not on next to me. And when I saw myself, I was just so proud of me. And I was like, I was made for this. Like, I'm an engineer for real. And so that was a moment to wow. me. Wow. It all finally clicked because it was a struggle. But I was learning as I kept like doing it. I kept redoing it. And I finally got it. And I was like, I can I can do this. Like, I am I am her. I can do Period. it. Period. <laughs> All right. So I love that we, that was so inspirational, really. <laughs> yes. And I love to know this because I didn't know that about you. We're learning more about each other in this episode, too. <laughs> that was one of the best moments of my George Taker. <laughs> Being able to just accomplish something it was very independent like you know i was on a team i didn't have much help to be able to accomplish building my first designing my first circuit building my first circuit having it fail first having to fix it having to pivot georgia tech taught me how to pivot that might be the greatest mm -hmm. thing. that failing and bouncing back i call it pivot that's the word i'll be using mm -hmm. learn how to pivot and then building something that works at the end of the semester i went at the beginning of the next semester the professor sent out an email that said he was getting ready to like take all the parts out. 
I went to his office and I got my circuit out that robot. And I have it to this day. Lovely. A souvenir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are what are some of your favorite project moments? Um, I'm gonna say my favorite one for last. The first project that I got involved in was the exoskeleton controller research that I did. And I'm thinking back about how I had my second worst moment on that team. Okay. okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that was fun. Because it was the first time that I was seeing a lot of theory in practice. Um, that was the first PCB that I made. And I guess I differentiated too because it was like actually, I actually went to the fabrication lab and like had it printed and it worked, but it was it was like a circle this big and a sensor this big. Oh, you can't see the innocent. It was a very small, very minuscule circuit, but it was the first one I made. I got to do some 3D uh, molding, 3D printing and make some molds for stuff. So that was really fun because it was like my first time seeing things in action. And I was like maybe a sophomore. So everything prior to that had been theory. So that was fun. And we were trying to develop um, a controller for like lower limb prosthesis. Mm -hmm. So that was really fun. Um, I had the junior design project, the one that I just talked about with tone generator. Um, then of course I had like lab projects, but my favorite project, I also had the, uh, sorry, I'm just thinking back. I also had <laughs> the, uh, patella, patella reflex measurement device that we made, which was my worst mistake at your tech but <laughs> but my favorite project that we did was my senior design project and I was on a team with, with 10 plus people and we were building a baby incubator for a doctor in Ghana what a sweet man he was so great um Dr. Frimpong and we um got to meet him and everything but the project really started out because he was here on a fellowship and he met our senior design advisor, Dr. Smith, and they were just having a conversation at dinner. And Dr. Smith was like, do you need anything while you're in Atlanta? And the doctor was like, I actually need incubators from a hospital. And so Dr. Smith put together a whole senior design team dedicated to trying to design a low cost uh, neonatal incubator for his hospital in Ghana. And we got to work on that for two semesters. Senior design was supposed to be one, but we was we was finessing the game <laughs> to help him because we really felt passionate about what he was doing, all the things that he was doing, what he needed for his hospital to serve his community. And so we were able to, from scratch, create a design with like all these real engineering stipulations. So like, it had to be low cost because they had they had GE incubators, they had other um, incubators for other companies, but the problem would be when they broke, when something on them broke, they didn't have a way to get them serviced. So mm -hmm. they they had, I remember the doctor was telling us they had sheds and buildings full of broken stuff that they couldn't wow. fix. And nobody was willing to come to Ghana mm -hmm. to change out a resistor on a incubator to make it work or whatever the problem was. And it was expensive to keep buying them. And so, you know, we wanted to be low cost. So we had to scout materials that didn't cost that much that were also available that he had access to. 
they had power outages quite frequently. So we had to come up as electrical mm-hmm. engineers with designs such that if the power turned off, okay, where do we get backup power from? Can this thing still function? Um, how does it function? What functions are still able to be used without main power? So it was really fun. It was a real engineering challenge with a real important cause. And I actually just talked to Ben the other day because they need, they want a revision two of some of the design. So wow. that was that was my favorite thing. And then he he flew out here. We got to meet mm-hmm. him. We had dinner with him. He got to look at our design, tell us how to make it better. Mm-hmm. It was also fun because we thought of things from an engineering perspective, because that's how we've been trained. We're mm-hmm. engineering, technical, voltage rails, current limits, all this kind of stuff. But when the doctor looked at it, he was like, how does the air flow throughout the top for the baby? Like the mechanicals thought about that, but it was more so like, how are we moving heat? But the doctor was, Mm -hmm. you know, more so like safety of the baby and where's the baby's head go? Where's the baby's feet go? If the baby spit up in it, you know, how easily can we clean it? Can this material be cleaned with bleach? Because if it can't, Mm -hmm. we can use it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that was really fun. How do you make doors so that you can clean? Like when the doors touch, they got to be able to clean that, that yeah. all that bacteria. It was really fun. That that was my favorite project. It was it was so good, <laughs> and uh, the fact that they took our designs and they went and built it, and they are building it and they're using it. That was that was my favorite project Very by cool. far. Yeah. Yes, you're leaving your footprint on the world. It was so great. It was so yes. so phenomenal. Excellent. Yeah. Tell me about some more times where you were very proud of yourself. <laughs> oh, man. More times when I was very proud of myself. I think the incubator was one because those were designs that we came up with. And we got to test and build and use. Yeah. Once it was done and we got to stay at, at Expo, oh, we won. Win? Yeah. We won twice. <laughs> we won the first year. It was virtual because it was coming off the COVID semester. Mm-hmm. The second year, we also won again. And it was in person. So I got to hold a big check. I will insert clip here. I got to hold a big check. Uh, and I was very proud because it, it was like to be able to do a project that had such a real world impact as a college student like still trying to get my degree Mm -hmm. was 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 so great um sorry i gotta plug this up um so i was really proud of myself doing that Mm -hmm. and we won for best overall project like of all the schools period because it was interdisciplinary so the best interdisciplinary project and also that was something the second the first semester it was senior design so it was like you have to do this the second semester Mm -hmm. it was not senior design it was a extracurricular (laughs) class that I added to my schedule so that I could continue to work on the project so being committed to something um like that it was it was it was it was phenomenal um another time I was really proud of myself was This is a great question. Really thought-provoking question. When was yes, because I- um, you have that thing. You know, that like, 
understated quality. You're not a big bragger. I'm not. So sometimes we have to ask pointed questions to get the mm-hmm. brags. I'm <laughs> proud of myself. I don't know. When I, wa- when I when I walked across the that. stage. Oh yeah. When I graduated. Oh. Let's talk about that. Huh? Let's talk about how she graduated because that was also the day the tsunami decided to hit Atlanta. <laughs> when I tell you, it was going, it was going okay. And as soon as this man said, well, I don't even, I think he said, will the students of the Van Leer School of Electrical Engineering please stand? The bottom started falling out the sky immediately. I was like, oh. <laughs> very auspicious it's a lucky sign it's good but incredibly inconvenient oh my gosh <laughs> and you're not allowed to have umbrellas in the stadium that's the policy they don't let you have that so everybody is absolutely soaked to the core we're still hyped because that's our lady walking across the it's stage. Crazy, but we are all very, very wet. It was crazy, and it's soon. And you know what? God be looking out for you, girl, for real. Because after I walked across the stage, about ten more people went, and that man said, "All right, degrees conferred. Everybody, let's mm-hmm, get out here. Mm-hmm. Everybody, let's get out here." So I got to walk across the stage. Shout out to my family and friends, Boogie included, for staying and supporting me when I walked across the stage in the rain. That meant that day meant so much to me. Y'all don't even know. That was good. So I was proud of myself for finally, finally getting that degree. Boy, finally got my degree. Won't you do it? Uh, yeah. Um, was there anything? Never would have made it. Thank you, God. Come on, come on. Okay. I don't know about anybody else, but doing that last one of those semesters at school for from home. For whatever reason, sometimes my brother and my parents felt like I was not in school. Like I was taking a whole final, and my mom was trying to argue with me about a fish sandwich. And I was like, girl, she's like, I done brought you this fish sandwich, and you gonna eat it? I'm taking a final. I'm trying to pass this to last. So like, and I went into the unknown seas of recruiting. Such a stressful time. But I was like, I, I want to see what else is out there um, for me that I may enjoy. And so I took that leap of faith. Like that. Yeah. And then you were fighting demons because you got multiple offers. Is that right? <laughs> I was. Yes. And she was fighting these demons alone, everybody. <laughs> and the only offer to tell her best college friend. <laughs> After she'd already probably come to her decision. You have been fighting this dude. So tell us about those demons. <laughs> I like the way you set that up. Actually, yeah. I hate it. Um, did Georgia Tech live up to your expectations? Or did you have any expectations? What are some hard skills that you learned in college that you use in your day-to-day as a career woman? Oh, 